Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Riverfront. We're back, Nate. Oh, man. Welcome by the sweet sounds of Freak Base. <laughs> it's just amazing. So uh, this is uh, an episode that, you know, um, you might not have been expecting. Well, we expected it because we're doing it, but we're going to recap the opening series of the season, and it was a, a very fun, in many ways, uh, opening series. And I guess the way I'll start this is, Nate, um, to me, there's nothing to be, well, maybe there's something to be disappointed about, but almost nothing to be disappointed about. You go into Atlanta on the road against the uh, defending champs, and you split a, a four-game set. I mean, what is there to be disappointed in? I think any uh, any reasonable, rational Reds fan, if told, going into this series that the Reds would leave 2-2, uh, knowing which four starters we had lined up, everybody would be super pumped about it. I certainly am. Like, there's no negativity on this side of the aisle. Yeah, no, absolutely. So let's, let's let's dive into the games, and there's some things we want to talk about. And obviously, the the biggest thing that happened, uh, we'll talk about it because that was Game Four. But um, Game One, opening day, you know, I, and the one thing I'll say about this series, I said this on Twitter. I always dreamed of a day when the Reds would have an opening series in which there was a ring ceremony before one of the games, and this, for some reason, it wasn't quite as exciting as uh, as I hoped it would be. Um, but because uh, it was at Atlanta, the Reds open, of course, because of the lockout, the Reds open on the road. And um, game one, Tyler Malley on the mound. And let me just say, Tyler Malley, uh, he's good. I think that's the, the first thing I'll say. The Reds win this game six to three. Uh, they took a uh, three to nothing lead after three innings. And then Tyler Malley basically uh, uh, locked it down for the first five. Tyler Malley goes five innings, as I said, only gave up three hits. One run, it was not earned, thanks to uh, an error at third base by Brandon Drury. Seven strikeouts for Tyler Malley. Brandon Drury, however, hits the first Reds home run of the season. And um, as, as we all expected, it would be Brandon Drury. But a 6-3 victory, we'll dive into it just a little bit more in a moment. But, uh, you know, if, there, if there's no better way to start the season than taking a win over the defending champs on their home field. A better way would have been if we were at home, but uh, it was a fun first game, wasn't it? That was awesome. Uh, you know, Jonathan India, Kyle Farmer, they had the, had the bats alive, which was great. Um, Malley was not scared of that Braves lineup, which we kind of learned throughout the next three days. The heart of that lineup is tough. Matt Olson might be the best ball player who ever lived. Um, I think that uh, the, the bullpen was super, uh, super encouraging. You know, Dari Moretta had a Rough start there, but you really settled in and uh, pitched well to close it out and held the way to start the season. Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic way to start the season. Uh, India, two for five um, that day. The Drury home, Drury home run was the only extra base hit, but um, what we and he went two for four. Um, but uh, the other uh, offensive note, and we probably need to go ahead and talk about it right here off the start, Kyle Farmer, two for four. Uh, on opening day, scored a run, drove another one in. And, you know, again, we're not going to draw too many huge conclusions. Just like we don't draw conclusions about uh, spring training. We're not going to draw any grand conclusions about the opening series. But after four games, Kyle Farmer, you know, he's hitting 357, <laughs> you know, five hits um, in uh, in 14 at-bats and, and, and good defense as well. So, yeah, you uh, yourself. This is officially a Kyle Farmer fan pod for the 
rest of the season. <laughs> I think it might have to be. It might have to yeah. be. You know, yeah. you know, again, we we, 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 we for these guys, and you know, we want Kyle to have an awesome season. And if he does, we'll be the loudest supporters. So uh, you know, we've got to give it when it's good and take it when it's bad. That's right. Yeah, credit where credit's due. There. So the other thing that uh, we probably ought to we're going to be discussing throughout all four of these games was something that we f- saw for the first time on uh, opening day. Again, we're not going to draw any grand conclusions, but the bullpen, pretty good. I mean, um, Mally, of course, pitched the first five and takes off, and Luis Sessa comes in and, you know, walked a couple, but still scoreless inning. Justin Wilson came in, struck out two of his three hitters. Did have Moretta, as you noted, who uh, struggled in his first outing, and uh, he bounced back later in the series. But then Tony Santillan, the, the presumptive closure of this team, comes in and just lights out, locks it down in the ninth. And that's something that uh, we'll, again, we'll talk about. But um, it, that, that was a sign of things to come, I guess, this uh, bullpen. And uh, you, you just you, we dream about what the bullpen, if, if they'd have pitched that <laughs> well last season, the Reds probably are in the playoffs. So, um, so good, good opening, opening game. Yep. Now game two was not as good, but then, you know, it, it, it showed a little something. I, I don't, you know, I don't know how much to, these are professionals. So you, you talk about, they didn't quit, you know, they got a lot of fight in them. They didn't quit. Well, of course they didn't quit. They're getting paid a lot to do that. I don't know. Last year's team seemed like they had a lot of that fight. You know, this year's team early returns are uh, that they're gonna they're gonna fight. I don't know if that's just us making something up, but uh, what happened in that second game was the Reds got down seven to nothing after three, thanks to really uh, a pretty horrific uh, performance by Reber San Martin, a Cincinnati starting pitcher, and um, so they're down seven nothing after three. They lose seven to six. They pick up a run in the fifth, two in the sixth, and then three in the ninth off the new Atlanta closer, Kenley Jansen. And so, uh, I, I don't know. Is there anything to that, uh, them, them being fighters? It happened the next day as well. They lost, but they, you know, kept, they, they got it close in the last inning. You know, we kind of talked in our, uh, you know, lead up podcast to, uh, to opening day about how if this team is going to be competitive, it's, they're going to need to be a little bit funky. And I think the spiciness might be something that we, uh, we get to enjoy rooting for all season long. Yeah, they might not have the best lineup top to bottom, but they got a lot of guys who can, you know, put the ball in play, aggressive on the base pass, which, you know, we'll see uh, coming to play in game four with Senzel. But, um, yeah, you can't you can't read too much, but they passed the eye test. Like This can be a really, really likable team. In, 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 in a lot of ways, absolutely. And, um, you know, they lost. That's not ideal, right? But uh, to – to, to keep fighting. I don't know. Again, we're looking for things to be excited about. What happened that game? You know, not a lot of offense, obviously. The Reds only had six hits total. Uh, Tyler Stevenson, two for four. Um, let's see. Joey Votto had a hit and a walk. Jake Fraley, two for three. Tyler Stevenson got on base a couple times. Um, and Sinzel's defense, that's something that uh, – yeah, we can bring up. He's been making some plays out there in center field. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I guess this is the time to talk about the defense. Jake Fraley did make an error in the outfield. Uh, so that was that was not ideal. But – and uh, there, another guy we're going to talk about in a moment had looked – and Drury made the error at third base. And then another guy did not get an error somehow out of his uh, games at third base, um, but has looked horrific. 
but that outfield defense, the next game's where we had a couple guys get thrown out thrown out at the plate, but Nick Senzel, basically in every game, made at least one, uh, and in one game made two, just highlight reel, gold glove type plays in center field. Just outrageous. Now, did, was Senzel great at the at the plate in this, this opening series? No. But, although he did have a key at bat on Sunday, but – what are we seeing from Nixon Zell, and, and how exciting is that? He looks healthy. Uh, there's no hesitation in his movements. Um, he's playing the, you know early on gold glove caliber center field. I think that might be something that's in his head a little bit. He's out there making plays. Um, we're cool people. Was injury prone. I mean, this guy was healthy for his entire life pretty much until the last couple of years. So if we get that uh, you know, bounce back healthy season from him, it's a game changer for this lineup. And again, he told a he told a beat writer that he wanted to be a gold glover this season. You know, that was his that was his goal to be a gold glover. And um, boy, early returns are fantastic. Early returns are absolutely fantastic. Um, uh, let's go ahead and get into the other guy that I wanted to talk about, which is Mike Mustakas. Mustakas looked absolutely horrific. He played DH on uh, the first day. He um, played third base the next two games and just looked like he could not get to a ball, looked like he could not um, – he had no range whatsoever. It, just, it was just an embarrassing display defensively, and he didn't get an error, and just no way to sugarcoat it. And on top of that, on top of that, he didn't hit either. Ten at-bats, one hit. Um you know, no walks, basically 11 plate appearances he got on base one time. It's just um, an ugly, ugly start for the season. And, and the fact of the matter is, I again, don't want to draw too many grand conclusions, but this guy cannot play third base every day for the Reds, can he? Or maybe you disagree. Tell me, Nate. No, he. Uh, you mentioned that he didn't really have any errors, but it's it's more about the plays that he didn't make. Um, they don't go down as errors in the in the scores book, but any, any league average third baseman – should be able to get a couple more outs on the board. It we talked about the eye test. It's bad. It's real bad right now. Yeah, a couple of his uh, balls glanced off his glove, and, and he didn't get an error because of those. But any competent third baseman is going to make that. And I don't know. I guess uh, what what it comes down to for me is this: uh, if he can't field, he has to DH. But if he can't hit, <laughs> you know how how are we going to? How can he be a DH? In three years, parts of three years now, parts of three seasons in Cincinnati, he's played 109 games. He's hit 214 with a 297 on base percentage during that time. I mean, that's just – is he going to be continue to be this bad this season? I, I mean, they're going to keep hitting 100 presumably. But, look, we're now getting to, into a, a sample size that's a little bit large in his time in Cincinnati, and he has been just – he's never – been good, and he's 33 years old right now. Uh, what do we? Again, we don't want to. We don't want to be Debbie Downers here because there's a lot to be excited about. This is the one thing that I wanted to touch on that was the, the disappointment really of the uh, first series. But what, what can we expect from Mustakas the rest of the way? I don't know. I would like to see some some fire. I talked about the guys looking feisty. Uh, he is the exception to that. He, uh, you know, a couple of his you know backwards K's. He's you know walking away, sort of looking up in the clouds, and I'm sure he's pressing. I know it's. Got to be tough on him. He's not, uh, you know, trying to to play poorly, but 
I would like to see something, anything. And until we do, until there's a spark, I don't, uh, I don't know how they keep running, running him out there. Agreed. And, and, and they didn't, he did not play at all in the fourth game of the series on Sunday, the Reds victory. I, I guess the only thing I'll say, I don't want to press too hard into this and we want to move on from Moustakas is someone said, you know, there's always these jokes every spring. There's the, the columns written about, oh, the such and such players in the, the best shape of his life, ready for a great year. Um, this is all I'll say, but no one wrote a, a, a column about Mike Moustakas saying he's in the best shape of his life. Unless that shape was oval. So game three, game three of the series, the Reds, again, they lose uh, two to one in this one and um, only pick up three hits, but they did, you know, a little comeback in the, uh, in the ninth inning after Kyle Wright just absolutely shut them down. Uh, in the ninth inning, you get, uh, you know, uh, Tommy Pham walk, um, gets balked over Joey Votto singles to score him for the Reds only run. And then you have a Kino up with a chance to, uh, go deep. I guess if we wanted to be uh, talk about something else that wasn't that great, Aquino would be would be that, but uh offensively, but the Reds again kept fighting, but this is this is the game where the Reds had that crazy outfield demons. What I talked about Senzel, but threw two guys out at home. I mean, just yes, please. I mean, seeing uh, Aquino go go Hunter Green style and <laughs> throw one of the uh, the fastest balls on an outfield assist that we've ever seen. Um loving the defense. You're going to have games like this, especially early on. That Braves rotation and bullpen are insane, so you don't have to feel too bad about it. Um, you know, fam, fam did get on base quite a bit that game. Like that from him, defense looks good. We had that other uh, the three way um, out, outfield assist. So these are things we didn't see too often last year, and I'm kind of here for it. Yeah, Fraley to Kyle Farmer, uh, gunning down Matt Olson at the plate, and then of course Aristides Aquino. What uh, Nate was referring to, they, the Statcast tracked his throw from home to gun uh, Olson at home plate at one hundred and one point six miles per hour. Why is Aristides Aquino, if if he's not going to hit, and again, you know he's not hit so far this year, he's got one hit and seven plate appearances. If he's not going to hit, let's put him on the mound, right in the bullpen. Agreed. I mean, we should have tried that last year if we were going to. But Yeah, what a gun. What a gun. So uh, the other thing um, that day that we really need to, to focus on, again, it's a loss and the Reds dropped to one and two, and you see a lot of the belly aching, which is understandable. Here we go again. The Reds are below 500, and, you know, they're awful, which I get, right? This is not the best team. But um, encouraging signs once again from the bullpen. I mean, let's, let's, let's go back to game two to talk about the bullpen briefly because I didn't uh, – get into it there, but it was another encouraging day. Reverse San Martin. Uh, he's either going to be great in which case we're going to uh, rename the podcast, the Reaver front, or he's going to be awful in as a starter and he's going to have to become a reliever San Martin, but he was, uh, he just uh, was not good. Two and a third walked five guys, gave it four hits. And what's frustrating. I think about that is that um, in the minors, San Martin's uh, kind of, Stock in trade was they threw strikes. He didn't walk guys. So, you know, um, so I, I expect, I don't know what we're going to get out of San Martin. I think it's the biggest question mark in the rotation, but he's going to be better than this year. He just kind of looked a little bit, uh, uh, you know, nervous maybe. I don't know. Uh, any thoughts on Reaver San Martin, Nate? Well, that's a big moment for the young fella. Um, they were still doing some of their World Series festivities. I think we'll probably see him in the bullpen once the rotation's kind of set. I think that might be where he's uh, where he's better suited. 
but he's wearing the right jersey, so I'm going to keep rooting for him. But that was a, that was a tough one. That's a good idea. Keep, uh, keep rooting for him. Jeff Hoffman, he came in after Reaver San Martin, and uh, he was uh, Hoffman-esque, I guess. Um, you look at his, his final line, and it doesn't look awful. Two and two-thirds innings, gave up uh, two runs. It's, I mean, it's not good. It's, it's bad, but it's even worse than that because he allowed three of his inherited runners to score, although he came in with, uh, you know, um, let's see, I think the run, two runners were on. Runners were two runners in scoring position. Uh, so uh, he allowed those to score, but yikes, just um, not good. He did settle down after that and and did pitch pitch better, but then after – and again, so the Reds are down seven nothing. And in order for the Reds to even have a chance of coming back, you had to have the bullpen and Daniel Duarte, inning of uh, scoreless baseball, struck out two. Alexis Diaz, perfect inning, struck out two. And my guy Buck Farmer with a perfect, or not a perfect, he did give up a hit, but struck out two, um, and uh, in the the eighth inning. So they held the line to give the Reds' offense a chance to come back in game three, two to one. Both runs given up by Vladimir Gutierrez, the starter, who did not look uh, look great uh, in his four and a third innings. Gave up six uh, hits, uh, just two earned runs, walked a couple. But then Hunter Strickland, inning in two-thirds of perfect baseball. Justin Wilson, not great in two-thirds of an inning. Um, he did give up a hit, but he did not allow a run. Ryan Hendricks, a hit and a walk in a third of an inning, but did not give up a, a run. And then Darmoretta comes back and pitches a scoreless ninth inning. So through three games – you know, we're seeing something we didn't. I don't know. We saw three straight games last year, the entire season, with the bullpen performing like they did the first three games. And and there's something that happened in Game Four that I think is the most encouraging thing about the um, the weekend series. But the bullpen has to be way up there, right? Absolutely. And I don't want to say too much because I don't want to uh, get ahead of what I think your points going to be after Game Four. But the way that David Bell has used the bullpen so far has been extremely encouraging to me. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I could not agree more with that. Offensively in that game, again, not a, not a lot to talk about. But then, so the Reds come back to Game Four, needing a win to sweep to uh, split the series in Atlanta, and the big five run third inning launches them to a six to three victory. Now, before we talk about the pitching, I think there was something we can talk about. I do want to talk about that five run third inning because if the Reds, um. Yeah, you know, that five runs is what uh, won the game. Ultimately, it was a six to three game. If they don't get those five runs, then uh, we have a we have a problem. Okay, and so what happens is, um, in in that inning, Jonathan India let off. This is a third inning. Jonathan India let off with a walk. Tyler Naquin doubled him home, and then there's a uh, then uh, Tommy Pham grounded out. Joey Votto walks, so you have runners on first and third for Tyler Stevenson. He walks. Bases loaded, two outs. Um, no, bases loaded, one out. I'm sorry. Bases loaded, one out. Nick Senzel's up. Nick Senzel grounds uh, uh, Taylor made double play ball to shortstop. They t- looks like they may have turned the double play there. If they turn the double play, inning ended. It's just one run out of that inning. Well, Nick Senzel busts it down the line, beats it out, and it's just like a bang-bang play. And um, – the announcers were saying, and I agree with it from looking at the the, the replay, it's as close to a, a tie as you're ever going to get. But they called him safe on the on the field, and they couldn't find enough to overturn that. When he's safe, that keeps the inning alive with two outs. Uh, and First of all, that allowed uh, Naquin to score. So that's your second run of the inning. Colin Moran singles, scores Votto. Um, 
Kyle Farmer, singles, scores uh, Senzel and Moran. So you get a five-run inning. A lot different game at 5 nothing after the top of the third than a one-run lead. And ultimately, that may have been the moment that won the game for the Reds. Um, so again, Senzel with his glove was incredible uh, all week. With the bat, not great, but at least the hustle there. Um, allowed the Reds to win. That was a huge moment, wasn't it? It was. It was awesome to see um, last year whenever they were going through uh, whatever was going on between the Reds and Nixon Zell. A lot of people kind of got down on his his effort and his sort of listless you know, appearance. And that has been the farthest thing from the case so far this year. He looks engaged and he's busting his butt. Yeah. It's great to see. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I love it. I guess I'll ask you this question, Nate, because we talked about third base earlier. And what do the Reds do? Because they don't have a third baseman right now, frankly. And, I, I, you know, you see Sinzel playing center field. And he was drafted as third base, played third base most of his minor league career. You see him busting his tail out there, but he's, you know, dove for catches three or four times. He has – he hit the wall at least once, uh, making a spectacular catch. Um Golly, and, and you kind of – because of his injury history, you kind of cringe a little bit every time. Does it make any sense at all to have him at third base uh, instead of – just for, for injury reasons, bring him back to third base since the Reds don't have a third baseman? Of course, they don't have a center fielder either, let's be clear, but other than Sinzel. So, um, I don't know. That's, that's, that's an option that I don't know if they're considering, but I think they probably should consider just for the long-term health of, of Nick Sinzel. Any thoughts about that? In a perfect world, uh, Jose Barrero comes back and gives a little more flexibility right there. Maybe uh, move Senzel over there. I don't know where, you know, Farmer can play. He's look good at shorts. Maybe we just keep him there, put Barrero in the outfield. I don't know. Um, at this point, I say just let him stick with one position, whatever it's going to be. Moving, bouncing him back and forth, I think, is where it gets a little dodgy, in my opinion. But there's certainly some merit to the thought of getting him out of there because he scared me uh, too many times already. I'm too old for this. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, yeah. And, and probably the answer is to keep him in center field because he is legitimately a, an upper tier defensive center fielder already. I mean, incredible speed, um, gets good jumps, but uh, I don't know, it worries me. And, I, and if you wanted to, if you wanted to get him into third base, I guess probably what you do is you, you keep Cal Farmer at short and I can't believe I'm even suggesting that might even be a possibility. Senzel at third and then, um, Barrero in center, I think really probably your best bet long-term. Uh, well, maybe not long-term, but I think the team is better defensively and offensively if you have Barrero at shortstop, slide Kyle Farmer over to third, and um, keep Senzel in center. That's that's probably really your your best option if we're taking kind of the injury concerns out of the, out of the way, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, we're obviously looking at things uh, well, glass half full this early in the season. So hopefully we get Barrero back soon, but that's your, that's your best, uh, you know, perfect world kind of lineup. But we've talked a lot about the defense today. I think there's something else in this game that we could probably touch on. Do it. Uh, Hunter Green, man. How exciting was that? Um, his final line, you know, it doesn't look incredible when he gives up that third run. So, man, a couple of those, you know, solo home runs, that's what you want to do when you throw that hard. People are going to put the bat on the ball. Um, no shame in Matt Olson getting hits off of you. He throws one of the most effortless 100-mile-an-hour balls I've ever seen. He was composed throughout, pre-game, post-game, during the game. I'm watching him get fired up when Joey made that snag to his right. The first base was so much fun. Um, 
I think it was one of those yeah, – he's a rookie. He's barely pitched professionally. It, it was about as positive of a first major league start as we could have hoped for, and I hope that everybody got a chance to watch it. We're going to have a lot of fun with this kid for a long time. Yes, absolutely. I mean, it was just uh, – again, you're right. If you look at, the, look at his final pitching line – you're going to think, well, you know, it's not that great. He's got an ERA of 5.4. Why are we excited, you know? But five innings pitched, four hits, three uh, runs all earned. He did uh, walk a couple, but he struck out seven. But that does not tell the story. I've, you know, he's like 16 years old. Um, I, I've never seen a kid more composed on the mound. He did give up a couple of long balls, and that's been a little bit of a, a bugaboo of his in the, in the minor leagues, and he'll have to iron that out. But the first three innings of his professional career were some of the most amazing. Uh, is is just incredible. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. I'm, 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 I fail to fail for words here. Uh, he struck out six in the first three innings. He just you're right, completely effortless gas, triple digits, uh, and was throwing triple digits in his last inning, the fifth inning. Uh, just looked com- like the the moment was not too much for him. He just was poised. He was confident, and uh, every one of his pitches looked fantastic. Uh, again, there's are there things to work on. Sure, he's a he's a rookie, but you can tell this is. A, and, and then in, in his post game interview, he acted like a ten year veteran. You can tell it's a kid that he's been in the spotlight. He was on Sports Illustrated to cover it uh, in high school, so you can tell it's a guy that's not afraid. He wasn't afraid of the moment, and he wasn't uh, as intimidated by your major debut as most people would be. Facing a really good lineup from the defending uh, defending uh, World Series champions, and just uh, I don't know. Uh, we talked on our uh, Oscars episode, I think, about who we thought would be the best rookie on this team, and I think all of us said Nick Lodolo because he's a little older, you know, maybe more polished. After watching Hunter Green, if Nick Lodolo can be better than Hunter Green this year then the Reds are going to be in really good shape because Hunter Green is absolutely the real deal. The only way Hunter Green doesn't become the star that we're expecting, I, I, I would say, and I hesitate to even say this, but is if he gets injured. That's that's the only way. Uh, just, again, I sound like I'm going over the top. If you didn't get to see it, I'm not going over the top. I think I'm understating things, if anything. Nate? No, this is uh, it's the beginning of the season. It's time for extreme and uh, completely ridiculous optimism. You can get excited thinking about a uh, starting rotation with Castillo, Green, and Lodolo of uh, you know decent arms. Not that we have a ton. That is the issue. But those guys at the top four for rotation. Holy man! Yeah, absolutely. And again, for the fourth consecutive game, the bullpen. Luis Sessa inning in two thirds only gave up a, a hit. Tony Santion comes in in the seventh inning and has a, a four out performance uh did give up a hit but otherwise no runs and then art warren comes on for the save and to, again to give david bell credit in that game yesterday he did what we've been begging managers to do for years tony santheon as i said the presumptive closer for this team well david bell gets him in in the seventh when the braves top of the order and the heart of their order are, are coming up and has him face them in the past managers would have brought in art warren or whoever to, to save Santion for the ninth. Well, as it was, Art Warren got to face the bottom of the order because Tony Santion came in during that high leverage situation, shut down the middle of the order. And so, you know, again, uh, in, in, from the Department of Credit, where credit's due, 
Good job, David Bell, uh, on the way you managed uh, the bullpen. And you mentioned it earlier, but that's a really good example of it, right? Yes, incredibly encouraging. And the way he didn't wait until medals and got up to bat to bring in Santiago. He got him in there a batter early. So if we had, you know, get that third out for Rosario, who the Braves are not going to have at the top of the lineup all season once Acuna comes back, go ahead and shut it down right there. And face Olsen, face Riley, face Ozuna with nobody on base. Limited people on base. I thought it was great usage. Um, we have harped plenty over the years about rest managers doing the opposite of this. If this is something he's going to stick with all year, then um, the bullpen is going to be in a lot better shape than we have seen in the recent times. Absolutely, without question. So, so very exciting. Uh, just briefly, let's run through some just the, the performances for four days. Again, don't don't uh, draw any grand conclusions, but uh, Kyle Farmer, Tyler Stevenson, both uh, outstanding. Uh, Stevenson, 300, 385 average. Stevenson did hit a, a long ball in that uh, Sunday victory. Um, he and Brandon Drury, the only home runs for the Reds. Uh, Kyle Farmer, uh, fantastic. Uh, Joey Votto, not fantastic, but I, I saw nothing out of Votto that makes me concerned. You know, I mean, he looked, he, he's fine. Just, you know, he only had uh, three hits in, in 14 at bats, but he did walk a couple times and he's going to be fine. Uh, uh, the only kind of everyday player that I think probably other than Moustakas, obviously that we probably ought to mention a little bit is uh, Tommy Pham really struggled, uh, 17 plate appearances, no hits. Um, but, you know, if you have a zero batting average, but you're on base is 235 because you drew four walks, I guess that's a that's not a bad thing. If, you, if you're on base, you're just going to say 235 points higher than your uh, batting average, then we'll be okay with Pham hitting uh, 200 this year. But are, are we worried about Tommy Pham yet? I'm, I'm not. I mean, I, I, I like the guy. I wish we had Winker out there, but I like Tommy Pham. But it was kind of a, an, an ugly debut for the Reds, wasn't it? Yeah, I'm not worried yet. Obviously, you want to see more, but those uh, those four walks are incredibly encouraging. Um, just the guy making things happen at the top of the lineup. Um, I'm also really encouraged with the way that uh, Naquins hit the ball in this first series. He looked like a uh, you know a competent major league bat out there. Um, the only thing that I'm kind of disappointed in, disappointed in, and I hope we don't see too much of going forward, was Game Three. You know, you look at it's the only game where the Reds' offense didn't really come alive. But Tyler Stevens is not going to start. I would really like to see him in that DH spot. Yeah, that's a that's a good point that I wanted to mention earlier that I that I neglected. Um, absolutely, it's a uh, he did not he did play. He came in played the last two innings of the game. But uh, with this offense, it has to have Tyler Stevenson. They just have to have him in there. And I know he's a catcher, and he caught three of the four games and and two innings of, a, of, a, of the fourth game. You're going to have to give him breaks. Is it too much to let him just sit on his uh, on the bench all day and just get up four times to bat? Is that too much on his legs? Uh, I know you need to give him a break occasionally, and that's fine, but I don't see how you can't have him uh, DHing. Uh, and he did, has not has not DHed yet. Um, agreed. So uh, yeah, Tyler Naquin, uh, a good start, three hits and eleven uh, at bats, had a walk, uh, had the double. Uh, you know. Um, on the, on the pitching side, we've kind of gone over all of it. Hunter Green and Tyler Malley both uh, impressed. Vladimir Gutierrez, lower ERA than Hunter Green, but he was, I don't know, it was um, not a, a great performance. And then out of the bullpen, you know, you had Sessa and uh, Justin Wilson with two appearances and Santiago with two appearances and no runs allowed. So uh, not much else to say. A good opening series. We could have asked for more. We could have asked for three or four wins, but I, with this team as currently constructed, I'm not going to ask for any more. Are you? Asking for any more is just getting selfish. I think it was a uh, it was an awesome first series. We'll take it every time. Um, I think we'll do little series recaps um, as often as possible throughout the season. So uh, 
get used to us getting a little more effective at that. And um, a, lot, a lot of positives to take away. I'm not going to dwell on any of the negatives, and we'll see what happens after this quick two-game set against Cleveland and the Zombie Indians. <laughs> That's right. Uh, the, the Reds come home to f- face a quick two-game set beginning Tuesday against Cleveland, and Tyler Malley will be pitching that first game. Uh, maybe a little uh, Nick Lodolo in the next game. We'll see what we'll see what happens with the Reds. But um, I haven't seen who's projected to start that one yet. They've certainly not made a roster move to get Lodolo on the roster yet. But uh, if the Reds can, uh, you know, come home and take care of business, uh, you know, good start here because they have to head out to Los Angeles after that. And that's where things could uh, start to get a little bit dicey. you got the Dodgers, you got the Padres. Um, then come back home for the Cardinals and Padres. So, yeah, we are going to try to do these recaps throughout the year. Hope you enjoyed it. Nate, any final thoughts? No? No final thoughts, Nate? No. Um, we got to uh, so enjoy the home opener, Cincinnati. It's going to be a, going to be a fun little festive couple days for you guys. And then we'll, uh, we'll be back for the Kyle Farmer Revenge Tour in uh, Los Angeles. <laughs> absolutely all right nate thank you thanks to all of you for listening go to youtube hit that subscribe button we need you at youtube uh, subscribed um smash the like button as well um we'll see you soon so long everyone